0: of Multifamily Collective. I'm your host Mike Brewer and at the Multifamily Collective it is our mission to tease out human potential in the multifamily space and joining me today is Janet Rousseff, founder and CMO of Cadence Marketing Solutions where she specializes in multifamily development and operations. Janet, welcome and can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about Cadence?
1: Hey Mike, yes absolutely. I'm so uh, flattered to be here on your podcast Um, Yeah, I can tell you a little bit about myself. So I am a 25-plus year veteran of this industry. Not sure how that happened. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly am one of those people that got hired at a dinner party during college to lease apartments. I think I just had the personality. Um, And I have spent years overseeing the marketing departments of some of the larger companies here in the Twin Cities, 13 with Dominium when they grew from 2,000 units to 15,000. I think they're somewhere over forty now, um, and then I shifted to a smaller local organization that was about five thousand units with Stewart Co. And at about the twenty-year mark, I took a little bit of a halftime pause and decided to step out on my own and consult um, purely with the mission of being able to learn more about so many more tools that were coming into play in marketing and multifamily, and be able to bring those to other organizations that didn't have large-scale marketing teams like I had come from. So I stepped out more in a, I called it the Uber marketing role. When you need a strategic level marketing director, VP, thinker, but you don't need them on payroll. And from there, it's been, it'll be four years in September. And it's been just an absolute blessing of a ride in being able to repeat a lot of things I've already learned from my time in this industry and absorb just a ton of new information and make a lot more interesting contacts across clients and networks to just continue to serve this industry.
0: I, I love it. That, that story, sort of the genesis story of, of- I guess for a lot of us who have kind of fell into the industry, right? It's almost become cliche at this point that everybody has that falling into this industry story, but 25 plus years in marketing, my imagination tells me that you've seen, call it an evolution or even a revolution, or maybe even a little bit of both. Can you sort of just in Reader's Digest form, kind of walk us through maybe first day on the job and where we are today and kind of sprinkle in some of what you do? Uh, oh my gosh,
1: out. I'm going to date myself so much here. But when I started leasing in the beginning of my career, it was paper leases and you'd put them in a typewriter and contracts that you signed with advertising reps were three-ply. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> and you faxed your ad changes every Friday. Maybe it was Thursday. Someone will correct me on that. That's right. <laughs> and when that internet thing came and the first internet internet ads came, no leasing agent at that time actually had a computer. That's right. <laughs> it was it was normal not to give your staff computers because they'll probably get distracted somewhere. And I think we also, you know, fast forward 10 years whatever, we didn't give people social media access because they might play on it. And now all of these things have, have you know, two thirds of them are dinosaurs by now, but you can't even imagine leasing without these tools.
0: No, it, it makes you wonder, how did we do it back then, right? How, Definitely. How did people even come in the door, right?
1: Uh, <laughs> and being what's... around long enough, you know, you and I have some pretty good history in this industry, being around this long, if you ask me to think ahead 10 years I mean, we're kind of past the Jetsons by now.
0: I, I think that is right. <laughs> I think that's right. It's you, you know, every, I think to your point. I I wake up, let's say I wake up once a week, and I read something online, and I, I'm I'm just perplexed. Like I thought we had seen it all, or we were potentially getting close to seeing it all, but nope. Now so it comes up with something new and and novel, and it works. And certainly, some of that has been. Catalyst of uh COVID, right? Entering, yeah, the and accelerating a lot of the stuff that was probably in the works, but not quite in the mass, but now it is. Um, yeah. I you know, along those lines, you shared something the other day that I think is really germane as of late, anyway, uh, about re entering the office. I think Patrick, uh, Lancioni, Lynch- Lynch- Lynch. Lynch. okay, <laughs> I always mispronounce his last name, apologize, Patrick. I'm sure he's not watching. Either. I
1: probably mispronounced it too.
0: Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I was just and you you quipped on that that you know, our teams need to be equipped to help people with reentry services and can you expand on that? I thought it was super interesting.
1: Yeah, I thought it was super interesting too and I'm feeling at i home office for the most part, but prior to covid, I was out seeing clients quite a bit, out on properties, out in their offices. And now here we are starting to re-enter and take in-person meetings again. And I don't know how everybody else feels, but it's really hard for me to factor in drive time. Yes. Which also means I have to factor in that whole routine of getting out of the house again. And everything down to making sure I feed the dog before I leave the house. Because I can't just pop down between meetings and do that quick again. Right. Or, you know, making sure you lock things up or turn things off. I mean, you just are out of sync of that routine. And it resonated with me personally, but it also resonated with me across our properties. You know, many of our teams are starting to come back. On-site teams, for the most part, have been back, but corporate office teams are starting to go back. And I think this general feeling of reacclimating to a structured routine where you are in a physical space for an entire day that's away from your home and away from getting a little thing done here and there and keeping up with household management, is going to be hard. And, it, you know, some of the talking points in that podcast about just allowing people to feel that sense of loss and having some flexibility and maybe balance in their household and allowing to, them to get past that was interesting. And when I took that and applied it to multifamily, because that's what I do with every single podcast I listen to or every information piece I have, I applied it in my head to multifamily thinking. Our residents have all been home constantly for the last year. And now they're starting to leave again. And probably many more have pets that they adopted during COVID times and were used to having someone home all the time. Now they're having to leave that pet. They're having to leave, you know, this household where they got stuff done between the cracks in their day, a load of laundry or you know, grocery shopping delivery. And now that stuff needs to happen around the workday. And how do we take and use that as a service layer in making their lives easier as people start to reenter over these next couple of months. You know, do we give them an easy way to pick up grab and go breakfast on the way out the door or an easy way to order dinner to be delivered right when they get home, an easy way to pick up their packages. I know that's just a, you know, never ending topic, right? (laughs) Walk their dog, uh, you know, get stuff done. How do we, how do we ease that burden as they go back to work and make them feel like, oh, thank you. Just that one day of having a meal ready to go and not have to think about it was such a blessing.
0: That That's right. I, and you bring to mind, a, just this week, I was having a conversation with a team member who has a cat and she got a call from a roommate that her cat, the, the second she walked out the door to come to our corporate office, the cat started just meowing but almost like screaming and right this and protesting the fact that she had walked out the door and wasn't going to be back for a while it got several text messages over the course of two or three hours and the cat had not stopped since the moment she left out or the house so uh, that's real right pets are almost over socialized now and and now we're gonna have to there's going to be this grieving period to 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 get people back to a normal sort of routine and, and protocol.
1: Right. And right. if we can
0: concern ourselves in that, that, that would be useful.
1: Yeah. yeah. I thought he made a great point, too. And just, you know, it's not necessarily that people are protesting coming back to the office or struggling with the piece of coming back. It's that you have to get through that first couple of weeks of completely rebalancing. It's well, It's shocking to the system.
0: Yes. <laughs> that's that's right i i recall many people saying in the early innings do your best to keep your routine because it's when you have to make this shift back it, it'll be a shock to your system so For sure. good, stuff. good stuff i i want uh, so i really love your uh, cadence connect sessions that you do um there are several that are super interesting i think this this idea, this concept, this new way of doing business in terms of centralized leasing. I mean, we could say centralized leasing has been around for a while, call it, you know, call center, but I think there's sort of a different definition coming to be. I'm interested based on that last episode that you did, you you pointed out five things. I think you did a little brief afterwards. Can you kind of talk through centralized leasing from your perspective and how you see that evolving?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. This is one of my favorite topics. (laughs) (laughs) because i was telling you i was listening to your conversation with mike whaling and it just brought me back to conversations he and i had seven years ago right about exactly this subject and you know i'm going to talk about it in terms of if we had zero barriers to make this all happen if Budget wasn't an item and um, bandwidth of staff wasn't an item and technology involved wasn't an item. How could we serve our prospects differently mm-hmm. and arrange our employees differently? And you look at other industries like hospitality or airlines, and I know those are huge industries, but there is there is not a solo person that takes you through the entire ticketing process at the airport from purchasing your ticket to coming up and getting your seat assignment and checking in and serving you on the plane and greeting you when you get off at the next destination. And we expect this of our leasing agents. And one of the things that I think is surfacing, first of all, we have a crisis of enough employees. We are constantly hiring um, across the industry. I can't remember the stat that I saw the other day, but it was monumental the number of positions on site that were available across the industry that's right and this is a frontline staff level right? right this leasing so we hire entry level people we expect them to be the first impression of our assets we expect them to take people through the initial conversation all the way to the tour to signing the lease documents and understanding the math behind it and the finances behind it and prep for the move in And we've gotten to a point, marketing, where we have a lot more tools than we used to have. And these leads are coming at rapid pace through, let's say, six different channels in terms of text, chat, email, phone, messenger. They're coming, walk in, maybe those are coming back. Um, And we're expecting them to balance all of that in addition to residents coming through the office, vendors coming through the office, um, fellow team members. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, you know, we struck up the conversation, all of the cadence connect conversations come out of some sort of pain point that we're seeing in the industry that just, we need to have a bigger conversation about and evolve a little bit. They don't, they're not set up to be a provider of solutions. You don't walk away from a cadence connect session with a solution in place, but you walk away with a lot of talking points to think it through for your own organization And whether it's centralizing or it's regionalizing or it's even just a pocket or a pod of sites in a similar geographic area, I just can't see a reason that we can't get to a point where we have a frontline leasing person who is absolutely stellar at that first initial conversation with prospects, talking them through what it is that they need, what it is that they want, and taking them to the point of scheduling multiple appointments and then following up with them after they've toured the property so that the on-site leasing people can be absolutely stellar at the tour. Right. Why right. do we have to have people that are stellar at everything? And David Kynard, who was kind enough to sit on the panel in that session, brought up a really excellent point that the longevity of Folks in leasing positions is not that long, maybe six months to a year that people stay in a leasing position before they bounce to another site or to an assistant manager position. That's not long enough to hone skills in all those levels.
0: No.
1: Converting first leads and the tours and you know, being ready for move-ins and giving the best prospect experience, you barely have enough time to learn the technology. And we changed that at Rapid Fire too. <laughs> <laughs> That is so cute. <laughs> that So was... it was a really compelling conversation in terms of trying to make this whole experience more prospect-centric and how much could we move the needle if we could keep a prospect within a portfolio instead of just within a site pipeline. Right. And how much more could we convert first leads to tours if we had highly skilled people that were taking them through that first conversation and same thing with tours to applications to qualified renters
0: that that's right i, I mean as I mean, an industry,
1: we close five percent of our leads. What yes. happens to the other ninety five percent This has been a burning question of mine for twenty five years
0: that that's right, and it it's it seems like to me with a blend of let's call it. Artificial intelligence, no matter how you might define that, I think there are varying definitions of, of that. But call, call it chatbots, call it path-based, what, what it, However you employ that. There's some element of technology there on the front side that doesn't it doesn't take away the personality that you mentioned because that is important, I believe. But it it helps uh, it helps with that volume problem, right? So I think. I if you if you get a nice blend between person and human where the the, where the technology is handing off to the human at the right point right Yep. maybe that rate goes up
1: yeah and that's an area that i think we always can perfect as well this whole process of the handoff of the online experience to the human experience and reducing that friction factor in there because i think Especially in twenty twenty we all onboarded so much technology so fast that going back and actually experiencing the entire process as a prospect, it can feel really disjointed
0: that that's right you know you make a you bring up a really good point there I think many times I'm guilty of this we we see this technology you know on a in a presentation on a screen and it looks really slick and then we i never. Go through the experience myself after the technology is being employed. <laughs> it's amazing, right? Right. It's, you know, people complain about it, but you,
1: oh, it was really slick on the presentation. So, it's, yeah, it's, I think leasing teams would probably have a much better time closing those leads if they knew exactly what was happening at each process.
0: That that's right. Right. You need to understand every piece. Every my imagination tells me you have this sort of mapped out. Customer experience right, and all the touch yep. points along that continuum and, and you you need to understand each one of those and so you can understand how to hand off you know, you know one of the most interesting things out of that particular Keynes connect that you did that that I'm just on a mission myself, but time right the the real the real benefit here is giving time back to people to actually create relationship right
1: yes, I know your a mission on this
0: yeah. <laughs> Remove the this remove the transactions right. We can yeah. disappear all the transactions, and we need to get back to person. So, yeah, expand on that one piece a little bit more. The time piece and how you see that playing out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, gosh, you think about you know we have let's just take an average two hundred unit property, and figure they're maybe seeing, let's call it just to be safe, let's call it ten leads, ten new leads a day. Yes. And then let's add in the fact that it's now taking anywhere from eight to 15 touch points to move a fresh lead, a cold lead into a hot lead and move them all the way through the process to the point of applying and qualifying and moving in. Right. So take those first 10 leads, multiply them by another 10 contact points. This is now 100 contact points that need to happen for every 10 leads that come in the door. And this is what we're putting on, this is what staff is expected to do. And we give them all these powerful CRM tools that are really cool. And they're supposed to wipe out all their follow-ups every day. But it becomes very, very transactional. Check it off the list, check it off the list, keep moving, keep moving. We've got too much to do. We've got people in front of us. We've got, you know, people moving in. We've got crisis out the door, at the pool, whatever it may be. It's a lot.
0: Th- that's so right. we
1: take that, indiv- that time factor right there and t- take a property that has a property manager and a part-time leasing agent and where are they buckling are they buckling on the prospect experience or are they buckling on the resident experience you know yeah. what happens when we try to do too many things all at once we don't do any of it as well as we could
0: no if if you're striving for perfection and excellence in this business at least as we've designed it to date it it's yeah. i'm not going to say it's impossible but it is near impossible for any one or two human beings to to pull it off in a way that's and, and you want it to be, accepted, right. right? You want it. And, and even those people that are serving those individuals want it to be of high level, but they just can't, you can't do it.
1: Right. You can't. Do it.
0: So, um, which leads me to a point, uh, I know we were talking right before uh, hitting the record button. Uh, something that was really interesting to me in terms of mentorship, you you made the point that many of our marketing team members across the multifamily space, cross industry, Um, are being put in scenarios where they are one or 1.5 of a team member uh, trying to juggle uh, ever-changing marketing technologies, ever-changing business routines. Talk to me a little bit about the thing that you are trying to create to, to, uh, the word combat comes to mind, but sort of and lead those people. Come
1: yeah, on. let's call it support. <laughs> I
0: like that. Support
1: and serve. Um, I like you that. Know, kind of, I think I play a rare role in this um, conversation because I have been boots on the ground in those marketing departments. You know, when I started at my first company, we were 2,000 units and grew to 15,000 before I left. And that department went from me, myself, and I to 18 people deep. So I know the struggles of being solo in that role and also having multiple people in the role and never feeling like you can entirely keep up. Um, And now stepping out into consulting and serving a lot of other clients, there are so many organizations out there that are somewhere between 2,000 and 5,000 units that have a, a version of a marketing director in place. It might be someone that was on site that really seemed to have the marketing chops and got pulled into a marketing position in corporate. And it might be, in some cases, it's someone that is not new to the industry, but is new to that marketing role. In other cases, it might be that someone with a huge marketing background got hired into multifamily. Great marketing chops, little industry knowledge. Right, and what I have found along the way is that um, there's just not good mem- mentorship out there. There's not great resources on a daily basis for the marketing role in this industry. There's some really fantastic conferences like AIM. Um, there's some great sessions at NAA. There are some, you know, good product partner. Sessions like Zillow puts a good thing on and apartment list puts Spark on. And there are those larger scale conferences, but on a regular basis, our property managers and our maintenance people can rely on their local association for some pretty good routine training. That's right. Marketing level does not have that. That's right. And let's face it, there are some nuances to this industry. First of all, if you come to this industry from outside the industry and expect it to be a similar experience, it's not. We're weird. We (laughs) We have all sorts of, we have the company brand, we have all the individual products, the property brands, every single one of them is financed under different ownership, or it's third party managed or it's owned, but it's not owned by that owner. And you have to be so careful and cautious about how you blend everything together. And then add on to it that we sort of expect we're very loose with the term marketing. It may oversee leasing and marketing and advertising, and it may oversee just placing of ads and graphic design. So there's a whole lot of um, bleeding of services in there. Sometimes it oversees operations. So I really caught on quickly to the fact that there's just a need for connecting marketers out there to networks who speak their language because we speak a different language and it's not always fully understood by regional managers or even by those that marketers report to. They often report to the president or the CEO directly. That person doesn't necessarily have time to know every single new product that Zillow is launching or that, you know, the CRMs that are out there or the platforms that are available. Um, So I'm trying to really be a voice for marketing teams across multifamily. And it started locally here in the Twin Cities with this Cadence Connect event. And we, I mean, the first couple of events, we had a year under our belt before COVID hit. And we were at, you know, 40, 50 people that showed up. And we'd have just a topic of conversation that was very quick and, you know, got people thinking. But then it was really centered around networking and building some um, friendships with people in that room. I think you and I were mentioning it that, you know some of us go way back to early 2000s and going to some of these conferences and meeting up and getting to know each other and it was kind of an exciting time that we all were on you know twitter conversations together or linkedin conversations together and we actually enjoyed the opportunity to meet face to face and build relationships and many of these i have kept up my entire career 20 years and it's It has played out very, very well for me. And I hope for others too. I can't imagine where I'd be without those networks. So I'm really hoping to build the same thing for marketers out there today and giving them a place to come and network with other marketers, but also a one-on-one opportunity to mentor those who are moving initiatives in their organization. One-on-one conversations about how to tackle that conversation on what, what you're trying to recommend. That you know is going to be really hard to get approved. Or you know, we talked about this too moving an entire initiative across an organization that requires changing behavior of on site teams who don't report to you. That's, right. That's not easy. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. And trying to have you know your set of drivers up on these initiatives that help champion this outcome that you're trying to get to. And then, you know, of course, avoiding the launch and leave it syndrome, which I think is really um prevalent in how fast we move, how fast we launch, how fast we onboard, how fast we move to the next thing. And you never really understand why you're only leveraging 10% of that technology tool that you thought you were gonna just have this out-of-the-park experience with. You can't launch and leave it. You have to continue to nurture it and um, you know, create best practices and test it and push it a little bit. So these are all pieces that Cadence Marketing Solutions is really starting to develop is this network for marketing departments and marketing folks to find their people and find conversations that help them move through wherever they're at in their company. It's a lease up that they're taking on for the first time. Join the lease up group. It's, you know, rolling a huge initiative, onboarding CRM or onboarding completely new website tools. Join the conversation with that team and get to know your people that are in the same boat at the same time.
0: I, I think that is so important. I, I'm so thrilled to hear that you're, you're creating, you have created and you're fostering that. And I imagine as we continue to come out of COVID and getting that back to an in-person experience, it's, it's so interesting to me having spent a long bit of time in this interesting news site back in the early 2000s it was amazing to me how willing everyone was at the time I I think we were all trying to learn how to use these new technologies we were were all quickly becoming practitioners but but how generous everyone was with their time right I, I remember staying on twitter well into the midnight hour right one or two o'clock in the morning talking with industry people about just whatever it was we were, we were facing at the time and to your point building those relationships so much so that when you show up at the conference you felt like you already knew the people right <laughs> meet them. Oh. but i think that that is an important it's an important thing to note that your mentor doesn't mean you're sitting on the phone every morning or every monday morning at eight o'clock at a, at a program time it's you just need to be able to pick up the phone and call someone. Right. And, and you setting the form for that in terms of building the relationships is so important. I yeah, thought, it's
1: been fantastic. I mean, I'd, I just kind of found myself in conversations with clients or just out and about. I'd hear someone talking about an initiative that they're trying to work on or a complex problem they haven't quite found their way all the way through. And I'd hear myself saying, oh, you know who else is working on that? So-and-so. You <laughs> need to go talk to so-and-so. And then I do the same thing three times a week. And it was like, okay, I'm just going to, I need to find a way to get everybody in the room and just serve this from a bigger purpose and give people a place and a conversation point to get to know each other. I think I've just always been so, so grateful for the opportunities that I had. When I started marketing in this industry way back when, there were no joke, only two of us in the Twin Cities that were doing marketing in Healthy Family. So, we did rely on each other. Yeah. And to cross state lines and get to know people across the nation, I mean, some of the early brainstorming conferences, that was a room full of my people.
0: Right. right. <laughs> you know? right.
1: you had to go a long way and wait a full year to have that kind of opportunity to talk to people. And now, marketing departments in this industry have grown so rapidly and expanded so much that now there's, you know, my, List of people just in the Twin Cities is eighty deep, and I don't think I have everybody. So when you cross state lines and think about how many people do what we do, we really should be leveraging each other. I'm just an enormous believer in networking and giving generously of your wisdom and your talent, regardless of whether or not you are competitors. It comes back tenfold.
0: It it's so true. It's it's just a it's a natural principle of the world, right? It's, yes. It and you may not that. That may not come back to you this week or next week or even six months from now, but it'll come back at the precise right time that you need it, right? Right. Just give, 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 give. Yes. To so I appreciate you for giving into this industry because it's it's been amazing, that the trip that you've made over the last 25 years and how it's evolved for you.
1: Well, ditto. It's just fantastic to be able to listen to you and your, you know, one to two to three minute snippets every morning are just amazing.
0: Oh well thank just you. Just enough that.
1: with the cup of coffee to get the juices flowing.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the whole intent. I I thought there are lots of smarter people than me that put out long to long form content and I'll let them do that and I'll just do something really quick.
1: Right. <laughs> so, it takes a lot of time to put all of that out, but you know, a quick thought for the day and you can potentially inspire hundreds, maybe thousands of people is really it's it's generous.
0: It it's fun. Thank you for those kind words. Yes. Yeah, so OK, we've come to the point where I want to ask you, this is how I sort of start to tie up every episode, but uh, start, stop, keep. So something in, let's say, the balance of this year or maybe over the next 12 months that you will start doing or you'll stop doing or you'll keep doing.
1: OK, start doing. I'm actually going to go off of what I did start this year. <laughs> Excellent. I'm a big goals person. I have to start something new every year. Um But it dawned on me how much emphasis I put on mentoring others, and I didn't necessarily have a mentor of my own hired. I have a lot that I call on, but I hired a business coach and I hired a wellness coach, both of which I found a way to work into the budget appropriately. But it has been a game changer having someone that I'm accountable to to listen to me ramble a little bit and help me consolidate those thoughts.
0: Uh, Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So start, what about stop?
1: Stop, Um, this is an interesting one. I have realized just in the last few weeks with trying to go back into in-person meetings, I'm going to have to stop overscheduling Zoom calls. Mm. I know I'm not alone. I mean, we go from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., one Zoom after another after another because you don't even have to walk down the hall to the next meeting. You just click in right? I have added absolutely no drive time. So it's really hard for me to schedule in-person meetings now because I have to factor in this whole getting out the door and drive time and come on, let's face it, actually getting ready. (laughs) (laughs) Real shoes. (laughs) Is there even gas in the (laughs) car? But at the same time, I want to say that I don't want to stop that entirely because what this whole on-screen experience has given us is the ability to cross beyond geography. That's right. Drive time only gets you to meetings that are drivable. But being able to cross and have a face to face with you might not have happened before this was so easy.
0: That That is absolutely correct. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. What about? Okay. So keep uh I I think you inspired me in the beginning before COVID even. You had me on your hundred mile challenges on the Nike running app. Sure. Remember I this? Do. <laughs> I, do. I hung in there on quite a few of them. And then somewhere around May or June last year during COVID, I allowed myself to shift to emotional eating. Uh, and I've always been someone who works out and tries to prioritize staying a little bit fit at least. And I'm now having to um keep myself focused on reaching for a quick workout even if it's ten minutes over emotional eating but donut's not getting me anything <laughs> <laughs> especially from a mental standpoint
0: i you know i i completely understand all of that it, it it's it's uh it's hard work and it's it's discipline and it's when you when you find yourself in isolated, as much as this has been a blessing in, in so many different ways, I, I mean, I hate to say that because in so many ways COVID was a, not a blessing, but there, it it's just, it's hard, right? There's no SOP for this. Yeah. And at times you have, just have to give yourself grace and give yourself space to just be and, and not. Agreed. Work. Yeah, Yeah.
1: And sometimes it doesn't mean you have to show up for an hour long workout, but I can show up for six minutes.
0: That's right. And nice. six
1: minutes for your month stamina can do a lot.
0: So true. So true. Well, tell uh, our listeners, our viewers where they can find you online and connect with you. And I really encourage you to do so. Um, <laughs> uh, and then any parting words that you might have for the for the audience.
1: Sure, sure. Um, you can find me online either at Cadence Marketing Solutions. It's cadencems.com or Janet Rosseth on LinkedIn, R-O-S-S-E-T-H. Love to connect. Um, And parting words, I am going to go with, surround. don't be afraid to surround yourself with people smarter than you. I'm 25 years deep in this industry and I learn so much every day from people who are new to it. So it doesn't, smarter than you does not have to be necessarily more experienced in this industry, but just willing to think outside the box just a little bit.
0: So true. Thank you, Janet. I really appreciate your time today. Thank and, you so uh, much. Look forward to talking to you again in the future.
1: Have a great